You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Stanley Cup champion, the co-host of Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet. 590 The Fan in Toronto, Nick Kiprios. Jacob Chikrin Watch. This is where we're at right now. The Jacob Chikrin Watch. What do you mean now? Oh. It feels like it's been going on for like six I years. Know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's great. Is, is he finally going to get traded? The Coyotes held him out this weekend. It's like, oh, trade could be imminent. They even had the... Jacob the... Chikrin. Could have got Pierre Patricio. They even had a press release saying that it was for trade reasons that he was being scratched, which I don't remember seeing that before. Yeah. Uh, like, like actually coming out and saying it? Well, like, we've had people come out and say it, but to release, like, a press statement, like a release, yeah. and being, and well, like, there's... a two-paragraph statement basically being like, he's not playing, we're going to trade him. Yeah, if there's one team that needs to release a statement to their fan, <laughs> okay, it's the Coyotes. <laughs> what they do just catching strays yeah there are uh, dozens of fans who show up to their yeah, games okay. needed to know that jacob chikrin wasn't in the lineup because i'm sure people in arizona had nothing better to do on saturday night than to watch the yodes in st louis <laughs> waste management super bowl oh my god did you hear jacob chikrin's not in the lineup <laughs> What? What? <laughs> really? He hasn't been in the lineup for a lot of the last two years because he's have... always freaking hurt. You know, you know, I like to be transparent and tell the truth on this show. I I didn't really watch newscasts from uh, Arizona or the Phoenix area on Saturday night, but I assume that that led every sportscast. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to. It's got to happen. Oh yeah, right, right at the front of the of the line. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Man, woo! Oh. Jacob Chigrin. Oh. Not in the lineup. Hot news coming out of Arizona. Yep, we got to change our plans. Yeah. My goodness. It's a great franchise. Um, Nick Hiprios, and uh, please trade Eric Carlson to the Oilers. That would be so awesome. That would be... I, I would be very happy. I would be very and pleased. You know what? From a guy who's watched a lot of Tyson Berry play, please pair him with Tyson Berry. <laughs> What could go wrong? No, nothing. I know. I believe they're both right-handed shots. It would be the most high event pair you've ever yes. seen. They would just the best defense is a good offense. They Maddie. would just run around in their old zone until yeah. someone turned the puck over, and then rush five guys up the ice and probably score. Yeah. But you know what? If I'm sure McDavid would be super jacked up if they traded for uh, Eric Carlson again. Hey, who knows what Kenny Holland's going to try to do? Um, Lou's going to join us at 8 o'clock. Flames uh, analyst for Sportsnet 960, Carolyn Cameron, NHL on Sportsnet at 8.30. Um, we went super late on the Rose Report. Uh, I teed up uh, a Super Bowl stat because we're going to talk hockey straight ahead. You, re- you ready? Because I, I kind of want to dip into the Super Bowl a little more, and then we'll talk pucks with Kipper straight ahead. Do you want to hear this stat that kind of blew my mind away? It blew my mind up. Um, and it's not good for you and oh. your boy Joe Burrow. Oh no! 
Uh, Patrick, I don't even, I don't even think the encyclopedia of our show or sports guy, Patrick Dumont, knows this stat. You both ready for this, Patty? You ready Let's for this too? Let's go. The last seventeen quarterbacks who lost their Super Bowl debut did not make it back to the big game. Wow. Oh, God. Jalen Hurts is now that guy in that Ugh. class. Obviously, still lots of time for Burrow and Hurts. Mm-hmm. And Jared Goff is a guy in that conversation. Who knows if he can get back to another Super Bowl. But guys like Rich Gannon and Stan Humphreys and Dan Marino, all of those guys fit that description. I had no idea that stat existed. Here's the thing for me, and uh, just to take this, I guess, in, in a personal kind of direction, like with the Bengals, like I'm not surprised because I think the thing is once you get to the Super Bowl, even if you don't win it, you have to get paid like you went to the Super Bowl. And as a result, you, you mm-hmm. kind of like how, how often have we talked about how important it is to have a quarterback on a cheap deal and trying to yeah. win in those kind of early years? And it doesn't surprise me that, you know, how many rookie quarterbacks get to the Super Bowl in their first in their first season? Like barely any, if any at all. So I'm not overly surprised by the stat because I think, you know, as, as teams get better, it's harder to keep your teams good. Um, 17 straight is a little bit jarring. I'll say yeah. that much. But I would also argue that I think the crop of quarterbacks is perhaps getting into some of the best we've seen in the last, I don't know. At least in the AFC. Couple, couple of decades. Yeah. With Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Lawrence Mahomes, can get thrown in there coming sure, up. Sure, Trevor Lawrence is becoming a factor. Herbert. Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we're missing a handful of other guys, too, that fit this bill mm-hmm. of kind of those young, exciting quarterbacks that are going to be a part of the game. But by but once again, by the same token, there's more quarterbacks, so it's harder to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, like the Bengals, for example. Like it sounds like okay, now T. Higgins wants a monster deal. They might have to trade him. Joe Mixon's out here waving guns at people. Like you never know what the next season is gonna look like. So I'm not too sure Wait, what it's gonna be like. Aaron Rodgers got to the Super Bowl in his third year starting for the Packers and never got back. Yeah. That's yeah. just how But it, he won it. He won it. That's the thing. He won yep. it. Yep. Brady won it. But Mahomes same with Drew Brees. Brees got to it once, never got back. And it's just it's yep. just, it's crazy just, just with the never lead. know. Yeah. Yeah. With the amount of parity and the salary cap, mm-hmm. like even Russell Wilson, yeah. not Mr. Unlimited. Lost he got second. there. Yep. Won it. Should have won two, yeah. actually, if they just <laughs> hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch. But And now that yeah, Brady's gone, I think it, yeah, I'm it's pretty sure stat. it's Mahomes is the only quarterback in the entire league that's got multiple Super Bowls now. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and again, I'm with you, Maddie. We've been talking to our guests about uh, that advantage you have when you're not paying your quarterback in the sal- with the salary cap the way it is. Mm-hmm. But then there's the Chiefs who pay their quarterback a ton of money, and they're just smarter when you have a generational quarterback. And again, that term gets thrown around way too much now. But yeah, that guy is the heir apparent. He's the face of the NFL. He was good last night, and you knew he was going to win the MVP because who else are they going to really give it to on the Kansas City Chiefs? But they played that out perfectly. Uh, they did the perfect clock management where McKinnon doesn't go into the end zone, which he shouldn't have done. So he smart sat down on the one. Yeah. Like again, a lot of people wanted him to score to have the Eagles to have a chance to, to, to uh, maybe send this puppy to overtime. But again, uh, the, the biggest call, the James Bradbury hold on Juju Smith Schuster that ultimately set up the game winning chip shot uh, by Harrison Butker Bradbury again, uh, post game saying, "Yep, I, I held him. I was just hoping I was going to get away with it." You don't, you just don't want to see a Super Bowl decided 
on that type of call because it's super frustrating because it was one of the greatest games we've ever seen in the Super Bowl. But it sucks and- that it had to end that way. It just really does. It just leaves a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths, especially fresh off the Chiefs and the Bengals uh, fiasco uh, with the officiating yes. uh, two weeks prior. It's just it's really hard, and I don't even know what the answer is. Do we get to a point where we review everything? We can't do that either because we can't play four-hour games, and that just kills the flow of any type of game. But I just hate the fact that that game last night had to be settled on that play. And, again, it's an NFL game, much like a plane crash. It's not just one thing. It's a series of things 100%. that leads that leads to a victory. Like the incredible punt return. Yeah. Uh, by Kadarius Tony, the longest punt return in NFL history. That obviously um, set the Chiefs up. And when they scored that touchdown, so I don't like when I yell at the TV, but sometimes I have to. So I have all, all my buddies last night, whatever. I start yelling at the TV. Can you under, do you guys, were you guys thinking this? Why didn't the Chiefs go for two? They were up seven when they scored that touchdown after the Kadarius Tony punt return. You go for two, you're up nine, you're up two scores. You missed the two point conversion. So what? You're still up seven points. I had no idea why they didn't go for two. Yeah, I, fair did that, point. Did that cross your mind? Mm, I was probably imbibing more than you were yesterday throughout the course of the game. So, you know, as we're getting later in, I don't know how much my coach speak is going, but. Yeah. Um, okay. Or, or a, your speech a, was slurred. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Probably not as bad as that one time, but it wasn't you great. Mean like Friday, last Friday? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. Anytime <laughs> you have a chance game? to add an extra point, uh, you may as well. But then again, I don't know. You go up two scores. <laughs> you go up two Patrick, scores. Did that cross your but mind? then again, okay, two yards out. Miles Sanders has been relatively unimpressive. Like of all the offensive players in that game, Miles Sanders was probably the one who had a bad game. What minus two yards rushing after the first half. Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't feel comfortable with their rush game. Then you're saying, okay, no, now no, I'm we have to about pass the Chiefs. Night. Okay. What am I talking yeah. about then? When the Chiefs scored their touchdown uh, after the Kadarius Tony punt, oh, the big one, yeah, 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 yeah. When sure. They, so they're up, they're up, um, you know, seven points after the touchdown. I don't understand why they didn't go for two to go up nine. That's because, what I'm saying. Because then the Eagles had to go down the field. They convert the two point conversion. They're yeah, able to tie, and they the, tie game the game up. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And the worst case scenario is you miss the two point, you're still up seven. The Eagles kick an extra point to keep that game tied. I thought that was curious. Hmm. And and again, that's just something I noticed. I'm like, I would have went for two there to go up two scores the, to, to get it to nine points. That Did you one, have the same thought, Patrick? It didn't really cross my mind there. The only questionable thing of that fourth quarter I saw was on the Eagles' side. It was like 10-20 to go. They were down 28-27. It was fourth and two from midfield, and they punt. That was a team that always goes for it on fourth and one, third and one, whatever, and they punt on fourth and two down by mm. one with 10 minutes to go in the fourth. I didn't like that call. That was the one decision with the Eagles. I'm like, that was for a team that just goes for it all the time on fourth down. Why yeah. Why you get conservative there? Yeah. Uh, I, I just, uh, again, some uh, it's just a ton of stuff happened in that game last night. Real quick, too. Um, here's another stat for you. Uh, the three biggest rushing performances by quarterbacks, Steve McNair, Colin Kaepernick, Jalen Hurts, all lost. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. An intriguing little trend there. Because Jalen Hurts, I thought, was he was fantastic. 
last night uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we're gonna we're gonna dive into more of the Super Bowl with Lou. We'll get his thoughts on it as well, and uh, we'll get Lou's thoughts on uh, the Rihanna performance. <laughs> sure, because I want I really want to get Lou's uh, perspective on what he saw last night from Rihanna. How was the game for you? Like how like how, how I felt about how, the game? How, did you? you I, I'm sure you laid some some ched. How did yeah, that I had turn a lot out? Of action on the game. Did did that that increase your 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 enjoyment of the of the contest or no? Well, again, you want to see overtime because when you bet props, you just want more opportunities yeah. for your players to hit their totals, right? Mm-hmm. No, but I thought the game was fantastic. I just hate the way it ended. Everyone hates the way yeah. it ended. And my point more, like, listen, my point on the end too, like, as much as it sucks, like, chances are okay, you don't hit that. Fourth and eight, 33 yards. Butker's pretty solid from within 50. He's pretty money. After he doinked it earlier in the game. After he did doink it earlier in the game, but then he did hit a couple of good ones after. But then the question there would have been, there would have been, what, a minute and a half, a minute 45 seconds left on the clock for Jalen Hurts to work with. So mm, that's a tough one. That's tough. It yeah. was a disappointing um, end. It, it was a disappointing end, especially in a game where they score 73 combined points. Incredible. Which was just a, a, a points fest. Um, and again, the Chiefs, uh, you want to talk about Dynasty? Um, again, probably right there near the top of the list is the favorites to win the Super Bowl again next year. And uh, so much for that talk that with Tyreek Hill gone, uh, there's their game breaker. There's the guy that takes the top off the defense. This won't be as an explosive um, offense. Once you have Mahomes and Andy Reid together, as long as those two are together, uh, maybe they can get right up there eventually with guys like uh, Brady and Belichick because uh, there's a long road ahead here for Patrick Mahomes being the face of the franchise. All right, straight ahead, Nick Kiprios. We'll get his thoughts quickly on the Super Bowl. We'll talk about Jacob Chikrin watch. Uh, is Canera Carlson get really traded to the Oilers? Uh, we'll talk to Kipper about that at the top of the hour. We'll talk to Lou. And then later on, intern John with his just super crazy, interesting flame stat. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Flames analyst for Sportsnet 960, Peter Labardius, will join us. Carolyn Cameron from the NHL on Sportsnet at 8.30. But right now, um, Stanley Cup champion. He is the host of uh, Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. We say good morning to Nick Kiprios. Kipper, how are you, pal? I'm good. Uh, fun weekend. Yeah. Good, good uh, interesting finish to the Super Bowl. Not uh, not thrilled with the holding call late in the game that uh, took any chance for a, a game-tying field goal. But, hey, who's who am I to judge refereeing these days? Um, I wanted to ask you that because you are a Stanley Cup champion. Um, you are a former professional athlete. What do you, How do you think the guys on the Eagles are feeling? after that call like what what would be your reaction to something like yeah. that yeah uh you know i mean i'm not uh 
you know, huge guy to break down a, a football game here. So bear with me, but yeah, you would have liked uh, one last opportunity um, to uh, to at least march down the field and see if you can get uh, within a, uh, an arm's length of uh, tying the game. But you know, I, I think as an athlete, first and foremost, I, I wouldn't go to that call and the officials. I would I would look down uh, at maybe the mistakes that we made defensively and the easy touchdowns, you know, inside the, uh, the red zone uh, that were just far too easy for, for Mahomes and, and Kansas city. I mean, missed, missed up uh, coverage, you know, simple uh, uh, roll-offs and, and finding uh, the loose receiver. I mean, they looked lost defensively. That's as an athlete, I would go there on things that we had mm-hmm. in our control that we let go before I would uh, look at the official. Well, and, and that's such a that's such a like a, a take that somebody who's actually played at the professional level has because fans and media they just focus on one singular play, but it's never about just one singular play whether you win or lose, right? Oh no, without a doubt, and I, I just think that uh, defensively uh, the Eagles were let down. For sure, they they didn't they didn't answer the bell in the second half. And like I said, when I watch those easy touchdowns on missed coverage, and uh, you know if if it's a pick and roll in terms of uh, uh, your defensive uh, responsibilities, and you don't pick up that loose man, then how do I go to the officials first and blame them? Yeah, uh, Kipper, I uh, definitely will want to talk NHL uh, trade rumors and stuff, <laughs> the Chickren watch. But I wanted to yeah. ask you about the halftime show first, Kipper. Um, yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, spectacular. Optically, spectacular. Like really? Keep... What's that? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. Cheesy. You thought it was okay? No, I didn't think it was cheesy. I just need more of a spectacle, Kipper. When it's the Super Bowl halftime show, I need wow, a little more. I, just, I see her. Uh, yeah, I see Rihanna. Like you know like 300 feet above the field. And I'm like, I'm amazed with the cables and all of that, Uh, you know? So for me, it was just, I think it lived up until, uh, up and, you know, when it comes to the hype and adding something different and, uh, you know, I think a few years, years ago, or we saw the weekend with the mirrors and stuff like that. And, you know, they're spending millions of dollars uh, of their own money. Apparently Uh, they don't pay much for, for, uh, these type of people to come in and uh, and and participate in the Super Bowl, but they certainly are participating in the money that they make after the Super Bowl. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought uh, I, I thought it was uh, it was worthy of, uh, of of the attention. How do guys in the NHL watch the Super Bowl? How did you watch the Super Bowl when you played in the NHL? Oh, it was always a get together for sure. It was uh, whose house. Who's responsible for the food? Who's got uh, uh, the drinks and dessert? All of that, and you know that's been a, an ongoing tradition for sure. And you know, for us in Canada over the years, it was the the Great Cup. But uh, certainly, uh, the boys love that. You know, as, as an athlete, it's always nice to to just kick your feet up and watch others have a ton of pressure on them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have any teammates who were mega fans of any teams that were watching? Because I find that to be fascinating. Like, we know Johnny Gaudreau is a huge uh, Eagles fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because every time I, I got traded, 
you know, whether it was Washington or, or New York, uh, you really take uh, a liking to your local team for sure. Mm. And mm. the year uh, I was in Washington, it was the Redskins uh, World Championship with uh, uh, the Canadian quarterback, Mark Rippon, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. I haven't even mentioned nice. that name in, in a long time. Good pole uh, tipper. Yeah. And then, uh, and then in New York, you know, whether it's the Jets, the Knicks, you, you go out, you do a couple of charity events, you meet some of the guys, they're great guys, you start cheering for them. Uh, so, I mean, for, for, for a lot of NHLers, uh, it depends on how personal it gets uh, in, your, in your local community. Fascinating stuff, uh, the Super Bowl. It was a spectacle for sure, and now, well, for us at least, uh, the focus definitely shifts to the NHL and, and really the trade deadline. Um, Jacob Chicken watches on. What can you tell us, Nick? Well, certainly it, it feels like this is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And it's uh, first of all, it's great because uh, we know how many hockey fans starve for this type of talk and attention. And I wrote an article for the Toronto Star last week about uh, uh, no trade clauses, no movement clauses, and how it just puts a ton of pressure on teams to try to find uh, a way to make things work. And certainly that's the case. And under normal circumstances, if it was as free as uh, the NBA, apparently, uh, <laughs> probably there'd be a lot more takers involved in, in Chikrin. But that's not the case. Teams are limited. But that doesn't mean that Arizona won't hold out for uh, the perfect piece. And that usually comes with uh, top prospects, respectively. I put out a tweet that uh, there's talk uh, about uh, uh, Brent Clark, of course, a world junior star and uh, uh, a top prospect for the Los Angeles Kings that went uh, uh, seventh or eighth overall, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a couple of years ago. He seems to be a focal point now for Arizona. There was talk uh, about Toronto uh, wanting Chikrin, and, uh, of course, they're uh, – their top prospects uh, still playing in Minnesota, and that's Matthew Nyes. And that's the type of uh, attention a, a chick run will get, and to a certain extent, uh, Timo Meyer as well in San Jose. So uh, still some, some days ahead, uh, a couple weeks ahead, and we'll see how this thing plays out. Kipper, how much upside does Jacob Chikrin still have? Well, it... You're you're not sure if you're you're dealing with uh, a, a a good player, a great player, or a potential uh, one day Norris Trophy guy. Uh, the he's got talent. He seems to have a lot of things going for him: uh, skating, uh, the the shot, uh, a flair for the offense, and he's put up some real decent numbers since he's come back off of uh, uh, the IR for Arizona. So I think you are trading him as as if he's a legitimate, uh, you know, top uh, two, three, or four. Would you consider him a number one, a true number one, and put him up against the the very best in the league? Uh, I don't think anybody's ready to declare that. But in saying that, uh, he's certainly uh, the the biggest valuable uh, uh, piece I think defensively that's realistically out there. Because we know Carlson, there's a lot of talk, but that uh, I don't know how anybody can make that work. To be quite honest with you, uh, but outside mm-hmm. of that, uh, you know, there's a few teams that uh, we still think are in play: Toronto, LA, you know, Boston to a lesser extent seem to be interested. 
Um, but it's a it's a tough deal under under uh, NHL circumstances with a, a hard cap and uh, and a flat cap. Well, everything you just said about Chikrin Kipper, why are the Coyotes so horny to trade him then? Well, I think just uh, for, for the Coyotes, it's uh, a timing thing and where they want to go and how good do they want to be in the next few years. And no question that, uh, you know, there's a certain extent with uh, a few teams that aren't pushing hard, you know, dare I say tanking or mailing it in, but Connor Bedard's out there and, you know, there's not a team that needs them more than Arizona Coyotes. Uh and their franchise and their organization, where they're going to be in two or three years from now, are they just waiting for uh, the shovel to go into ground and, and focus on being ready to compete when a new building is ready? Uh, Jacob Chikrin doesn't, doesn't fall into that window. Nick, I'm, I'm fascinated by how you look at this season that Eric Carlson's had. You mentioned him. He's got 73 points on the year. He's minus one, and, you know, plus minus is what it is. But, you know, we've watched him a couple times, Flames playing against the Sharks, and the offense is certainly there, but the defense is not always there. Just what have you made of his season as a whole? Well, certainly, you know, coming off a couple of big injuries, yeah. and at times uh, we've seen them almost, you know, put, put guys' careers away. Uh, Peter Forsberg uh, comes to mind. Uh, you know he's done remarkably well, and what does that mean on a on a very bad team? And uh, you know for the most part in the Ottawa guys, we saw him thrive on a on a less than average team. There was that one year they went to a, a conference final, uh, and that was off his back, no question about that. But he just seems to to do do extremely well when they're, uh, you know, less <laughs> below average, uh, you know, Stanley Cup contenders, legit. So I, I don't know whether or not it, it, he'll thrive in a place like Edmonton. I would assume with Connor McDave and Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. uh, the offense would be, just be pumping on all cylinders. But, you know, a big part, part of Edmonton's uh, uh, issues over the years is, you know, in their own zone, in, their, in keeping the puck out of the net. And I'm not sure uh, how, much, how much how much Eric can help him there. Yeah. Uh, but there's enough attention certainly uh, in in his season, which is Norris Trophy like, to garner a ton of attention. But with multiple years left at uh, uh, 11 plus million, uh, that one's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Like for me, I, I've got. I, I wonder. What would the Sharks be willing to retain? I think that becomes an issue with trying to move the guy out. I think what what is the value of the rest of the five years of that contract? Because like you mentioned, sure, the next couple could be very good, but then what are you getting off the back half at, at least maybe $5.5 million per? Uh, what, are, what are the biggest challenges in moving the Carlson contract to you? Yeah, well, first of all, it's for sure the commitment – uh, from the ownership group in San Jose that they're going to be willing to pay $6 million for another guy in your conference uh, to be beating you for the next few years. And that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. You know, we, we you kind of forget sometimes that these are organizations that still have to sell season tickets, sponsorship, boxes, and they're not coming to see, you know, 
a bunch of unknowns from the American Hockey League fill seat, uh, fill a spot in a uniform, and you need sometimes, you know, star attractions. If in fact Carlson wins a Norris, hey, it, it may not help you make the the playoffs next year, but I can guarantee it's going to help you sell a few more tickets. And those are all considerations for 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 ownership groups or management uh, following instructions from uh, a board or a, a personal owner. And again, picking up half a salary, who are the prospects coming back? Uh, how long do we want to uh, wait to be good? All of that has to come into play. It's not easy. It's not easy uh, for owners to stroke losses of 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year. Well, Grade A assets walk out the door, and, and, and it feels like little is returned. Nick Kiprios, co-host of Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Stanley Cup champion joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Kipper, I'm going to apologize to you before I ask you this question because I don't want to, quote, radio you on this. <laughs> but when it com- when it comes to the Oilers here, McDavid's got three years left on his deal after this season. And if this team doesn't win a Stanley Cup during this deal, like what what does he do? Does he stay in Edmonton long term? Like that guy should have a Stanley Cup ring by now. When he looks at all his counterparts, like and, and at his level, like Sidney Crosby, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, all Stanley Cup champions by now, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, not him. Like how important is it to the Oilers? And I know you said the the, the hoops they'd have to jump through to get a guy like Carlson, but is that something maybe internally in Edmonton they're talking about that we got to get this guy a championship because he might not want to stay here long term? I, I think it's without a doubt uh, conversations that go behind closed doors, uh, you know, if not daily, weekly. And you're, you're crazy if you're not having those real conversations uh, behind closed doors. Ownership, management, scouts, all of it. And Toronto's going through the same thing. Austin Matthews eligible for a contract this season, as well as Willie Nylander. Uh, don't tell me that uh, you know these aren't concerns about what our organization will look like uh, in in two, three, four, five years. And uh, no question, uh, they would sign Connor tomorrow to another eight eight years and. Probably that number could fall, you know, north of fifteen million dollars. Uh, but uh, the reality is that these athletes now have put themselves in a position through the Players Association to become unrestricted free agents and still have uh, half a career to go. Um, McDavid will be in that position in uh, what uh, uh, I think he goes till the end of twenty five, twenty six. The bigger question, guys, might be Dreisaitl, who uh, is eligible a year earlier than that. And let's not uh, forget uh, how overpaid he was, according to a lot of people, when he first signed that contract at 8.5. He's more apt to to ask for Connor, Austin Matthews type of money on his next deal. The question is, can you afford both of them? Three uh, three years from now, on long term deals, I would think that they would be in the vicinity of eating up 
$30 million on their next deals, just the two of them. And even if you factor in a $100 million salary cap, 105, I mean, that's a, that's a big percentage, no right. question. Fascinating, man. It's it's going to be crazy when we get to that point. Those Just a few summers away, and we're going to be seeing some real big money deals. Um, Kipper, I did want to ask you this, and it's maybe not the most positive way to end it, but uh, did see over the weekend Anton Forsberg, just an awful injury, both of his MCLs. Yeah. Do you recall any time, maybe when you were playing, where a teammate had uh, a really aggressive, difficult recovery process, and maybe how that affected the group as they came back from an injury? Uh, listen, there's there's no guarantees on anything um, uh, when it comes to, you know, rehabilitating and, and what kind of situation you're going to be uh, on recovery. Yeah, you can only hope for the best and, and hope that you're getting great medical advice. But, you know, I, because it's such a risk out there on a daily basis for all of us, I mean, you're you're here and now until you're not. And then, you know, once a guy leaves the room, it's almost as if he's not on the team at all. And you don't you don't put a ton of stock into it. You're, you're worried about yourself and how you can affect the team. And and, and that's basically it. Um, but, you know, you, you hope for a great recovery for him and he can come back. But in the meantime, it's out of sight, out of mind. You just you, you you play on as if you know somebody's not there anymore, and you're not even a sh- you're not you're not you're not sure if he's going to come back. You're not sure if you're you're going to be on the team when he comes back. I mean, there's there's way too much thought that you can put into this. So uh, you know, as an athlete, you keep it simple, stupid, right? Just just keep your head down, <laughs> play, do the things that you're supposed to do to help the team, help yourself. And uh, and that's it. But that's the that's the risk all of us had when when I played, and that that hasn't changed in the game. Uh, he is a Stanley Cup champion. He's also the co-host of Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Nick Kiprios, Kipper, great stuff. Let's do it again soon, pal. You bet. Um, anytime, guys. Love uh, love our conversations. Uh, there he goes. Uh, well, really nice by Kipper yeah. um, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same seeking recipe. Since 1975, dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. I love that uh, McDavid conversation because uh, the guy, he, he doesn't he doesn't have to sign an extension. And I know uh, that's the very hockey mentality, stay in the same market, sign an eight-year deal. But, Maddie, the guy's got three years left after this season. And if he doesn't see the, the direction of the franchise going where he wants it to go, where he can win a championship – Maybe he does say, you know what? Uh, maybe I might test free agency here. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't think I wouldn't blame him if they don't have if like if they continue to not build a team around him that he feels is exactly what he needs to win a championship. Why would you stay? And why would you stay to pay year, worse taxes yeah. in a, a city that doesn't have great weather? That as much as I rip on Edmonton, like it's got some perks to it. It's it's a big city. But like, I'm sorry if you got 31 other choices. How many teams are ahead of Edmonton on the list? 25, right? Like, no, yeah. And it's also it's not like the guy hasn't literally dragged that team into the conference final. Last and what season. if Drysital leaves? Then what? You think he wants yeah. to stick around? Then, yeah. Again, like, and, and 
And, and it's it's hilarious, and I'm glad he brought up the Austin Matthews thing. It's like Oilers and Leaf fans just kind of like sweeping it under the rug that like that that doesn't potentially exist. No, 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 no. They're both staying long term. What are you talking about? Well, like I understand if you're a fan and you're like, well, I don't, yeah. I don't want to think about that right now. That's that's terrifying to me, and that's not imminent. So I, I don't want to think about it right now. But the sad reality is, I think it's pretty true. At Can least uh, Jack Campbell will still be the goalie there. Yeah, could you imagine uh, in Calgary how much people would love the fact that if Connor McDavid's going into the final year of his deal without an extension, how squirmish people in Edmonton would be? Could you imagine that? I still just, like, I don't know. Could you imagine that? I think they trade McDavid? Like, I just don't know how you do it. No, you can't. You have to give, but it's just up to him whether or not he wants to sign an extension. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So let's say, yeah, they, they, they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs this year or next year. Oh, boy. Which is a possibility. Like, we, we don't know, right? Uh, y- yeah. Like, yeah, Edmonton could win this division, sure, but they could also get knocked out in the wild card round. How are you trading a $12.5 million cap hit? Yeah, even I don't know. four years from now. And then even if he goes to that team, the amount of assets that they have to give up is, are they still a Stanley Cup contender? Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's you, crazy. You basically, yeah. if that's your plan, you have to a right now start building your contender team, but also start stockpiling draft picks and prospects so you can make that deal. So yeah. you also you have to rebuild while also trying to build a contending team at the exact right. same time. If you want, oh, and you yeah. have to make sure you leave twelve and a half million dollars of salary cap space. Yeah, yeah. If you and want again, to pull off just, that deal, <laughs> in Edmonton, you're just hoping the cap does skyrocket so you can fit everyone under the cap. But, again, I, I can't trust the NHL to the cap be that high in three or four years from now. I just can't. No, I, don't, I think that's very fair. I think you're bang on with, with the way. It's a conversation. Uh, and I'm sure <laughs> Oilers fans listening are like, good God, no, stop talking about this. Hey, uh, it's not going to happen. That AM dial can get all the way up to the Anthony Henday. Yeah. Shout out South Edmonton. Yeah. Um, and l- just, what, Leduc? Leduc, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Leduc. Yeah, real quick, Patty Dubois, your thoughts on the Connor McDavid? You have like 30 seconds. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm leaning definitely more like it feels like Drysaddle could be a name that they would move if something, if they don't get a cup, like feel like they can get it, they can move Drysaddle for some assets out. That would be the one they would move here in the next couple of years. I think they have to do everything in their power to try and keep him around as long as possible, right. have him retire if- as an oil. Of course, no. There's no question that <laughs> but, they, they want that to happen. But, but we're looking at two guys. Championship. We're looking at two guys like, that are going to be 15 million dollar players. Yeah, at least. It's fascinating. Like it's fascinating how that's going to play itself out moving forward. All right, Peter Labardius, Flames analyst for Sportsnet 960, Carolyn Cameron, NHL on Sportsnet. All straight ahead. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.